Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello, and welcome back. This is going to be for Hebrews chapter 8. I'll read the heading first. Christ offered himself as a sacrifice for sin. God promised to make a new covenant with Israel. Verse 1. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Romans testified that... Christ was at the right hand of God making intercession for us, and Hebrews unfolds the atonement with the same picture of the Lord on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, living in eternity to make intercession for them. Here is Christ, the advocate, one who walked unscorched through mortal fires. The advocate is literally the Father's counselor who, from personal understanding, petitions for mercy for mortals. The petitioner asks not through mere pleading, but because he can boldly certify that he has paid the price of sin. The great truths of modern revelation shows why Christ is an effective advocate, for he satisfied justice and in trembling pain suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent. Thus, Christ literally intervenes between the Father and mankind to produce harmony. He does more than seek peace and understanding. He pays the price necessary to bring forgiveness. He is the contributing mediator, the effectual Savior. Verse 2. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man, for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. Therefore, while he was on earth, he offered for a sacrifice his own life for the sins of the people. Now every every priest under the law must needs offer gifts or sacrifices according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou might that thou make all things according to the to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much he uh, also he is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Jeffrey R. Holland said, On those days when we have special need of heaven's help, we would do well to remember one of the titles given to the Savior in the epistle to the Hebrews. Speaking of Jesus' more excellent ministry and why he is the mediator of a better covenant filled with better promises, this author, presumably the Apostle Paul, tells us that through his mediation and atonement, Christ became an high priest of good things to come. Every one of us has times when we need to know things will get better. Moroni spoke of it in the Book of Mormon as hope for a better world. For emotional health and spiritual stamina, everyone needs to be able to look forward to some respite, some to something pleasant and renewing and hopeful. Whether that blessing be near at hand or still some distance ahead, it is enough just to know we can get there, that however measured or far away, there is the promise of good things to come. My declaration is that this is precisely what the gospel of Jesus Christ offers us, especially in times of need. There is help. There is happiness. There really is light at the end of the tunnel. It is the light of the world, the bright and morning star, the light that is endless, that can never be darkened. It is the very Son of God himself 
In loving praise, far beyond Romeo's reach, we say, what light through yonder window breaks? It is the return of hope, and Jesus is the sun. To any who may be struggling to see that light and find that hope, I say, hold on. Keep trying. God loves you. Things will improve. Christ comes to you in his more excellent ministry, with a future of better promises. He is your high priest of good things to come. Verse 7, For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people." Have you ever been in the temple and wondered, why am I learning the same thing over and over again? We know that we learn by repetition, but something else is happening. God is fulfilling a promise he made to Jeremiah 2,600 years earlier. When you are in the temple, ask yourself if God isn't putting his laws into your mind. Isn't he writing his law in your heart? We can't write down the temple ceremony, but the same finger which wrote the law of Moses in tablets of stone can write the law in our minds and hearts in the house of the Lord. Hence is the law written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Verse 11, And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for he sh- for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. Bruce R. McConkie said, After Israel had been subject to the law for nearly 900 years, the Lord through Jeremiah promised to make a new and better covenant with them, a gospel covenant, a covenant which would bring them into his presence, so that all might know him. In using this prophecy of Jeremiah to show that Christ brought the new gospel covenant, Paul is doing the same thing in principle as the Mormon elders do in quoting biblical passages about the restoration of the gospel in the latter days. That the glorious and full effect of the covenant promised through Jeremiah will come to pass during the millennium is shown by the following statement of the prophet about making one's calling and election sure. This principle ought in its proper place to be taught, for God hath not revealed anything to Joseph but what he will make known unto the twelve, and even the least saint may know all things as far as fast as he is able to bear them. For the day must come when no man need say to, the, to his neighbor, Know ye the Lord, for all shall know him, who remain from the least to the greatest. How is this to be done? It is to be done by this sealing power, and the other comforter spoken of, which will be manifest by revelation." Verse 12, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins, and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith, A new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which decayeth and waxeth old is ready to vanish away. Anyway, he's talking about the new covenant, which we have entered into, and that's uh, what he's talking about here. So anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.